Well, we've been on um, a series called Same God, New Me. So I want to take a second, plug some merch. You see some red shirts out there. Go get one. They're awesome. Um, but uh, a few weeks ago, we started with the good news. Um, that was the message of the gospel, right? And the gospel is, is basically it's what Jesus came for us. And it's good news because it's the message that, that we're saved, right? We couldn't save ourselves, but, but Jesus could. So I want to encourage you to go back a couple weeks, listen to that. We've got that online. And then last week, we talked about um, a trans transformed mind um, and, and steps that we can take to begin to deal with this up here. And, you know, I've met some of you and, and I realize this, some of you should definitely go back and listen to that, right? You're jacked up people. There's something wrong with you. Um, but, but we need to, to really put that under the authority of Christ, right? Allow him to work on us and, and to transform us and to change the way that we think. And then next week, I'm really looking forward to stepping on some toes with this one. We're going to talk about relationships and I'm not talking about just the bedroom. I'm talking about your friends, your family, people you interact with, right? Your circle. That's going to be exciting. But tonight, tonight I'm really excited about, but before we get into that, I want you to look at Philippians, starting in Philippians chapter two, verse 12. And this is the apostle Paul. And he says this, dear friends, you always followed my instruction when I was with you. And now that I'm away, it's even more important. Work hard. Say work hard. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. And so here Paul's talking to the church in Philippi, right? And he's written them this letter. And he's saying, hey, listen, it's important to follow my instructions, right? It was important when I was there. It's even more important now that you're kind of out of my purview. I can't see you. And he's saying, work hard to show the results of your salvation. And that's kind of what we've been talking about through this message, right? Same God, new me. That, that God starts the good work, and that's something we can't do with the gospel, right? The good news. But then it's up to us to work out the results of that, right? And so we talked about that again last week. We started that journey with transforming our mind. And he goes on here, and he says this. He says, for God is working in you. God is working in you, giving you the desire. Say desire, the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So God does this work in us. We, we can't do anything without God working in us, right? He, we can't save ourselves. We can't, we can't really transform ourselves into the image of God without him initiating and starting that work, right? And, and he, he transforms us. He makes us spiritually new. But, but then it's up to us. God works in us, giving us the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And I look back at my life early on, I had no desire to please anyone but myself. And then we see this, not only does he give us the desire, but the power, the, the ability to carry out God's plan and purpose. And that's not the message that the world shows us, right? It says, hey, we're victims, that, that, we're, that we're vulnerable, that we're inadequate. And many of us experience that, but, but God's message is different. He says, work hard to show the result of your salvation for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Tonight's message is titled this, Transform Desires, right? Same God, new me, and we wanna transform our desires. God works in us to do that, right? To bring about chain desires in our lives. And we're gonna talk about some things that it takes to shift into that place 
where we stop seeking self-satisfaction and self-gratification, right? And stop just pursuing things that make us feel good at the expense of everything around us. And tonight, I'm going to teach out of a single um, chapter. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to start with the um, end of verse 2, but we're going to be primarily just in Colossians chapter 3 tonight. And so Colossians is another letter written by the Apostle Paul, just like Philippians. He wrote it to the church of Colossae. He'd never actually been there, but he heard about some things they were struggling with. And so he writes this letter. Now in chapter two, it says this, you have died with Christ and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. I want you to rest on that just a moment. Again, this is going back to the good news, right? A couple of weeks ago that you died with Christ and he set you free. Say, I'm free from the spiritual powers of this world. And that's a beautiful message because I know this, we come from different places, but the thing that we've all had in common is we've struggled with things in our past. Can we agree on that? All right, some of it's drugs, alcohol, sexual desires, money, right? It could be any number of things, but the truth of the matter is we all come from a place of struggle. We share that because we were, we were dead in our sins, right? We were, we were dead in this world. We were inadequate. We were broken. We were a mess. That, that's the good news, right? But here we see Paul saying, hey, you've died with Christ. You've died to these things, and he set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. That means, right, that you no longer have to be a slave to your situation. And maybe that's addiction. Right, maybe that's um, just this uh, feeling of uh, worthlessness that you struggle with. And, and there's these things, this sin in our lives that we're free from the powers of this world. It says, so why do you keep on following the rules of the world? Such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. Such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. Now, I want to say, this is not like permission to go get drunk and, and party. That's not what it's saying, right? Those, those, it's talking about just like, hey, we were subject to these rules, and we thought these rules would make us holy. I know early on in my faith, I would go to some churches, and they were incredibly legalistic. Um, I'm sure none of you have ever experienced one of those places, but they're like, hey, you need to go take a shower before you get in the bathwater here, and you need to make sure you do this. You're not welcome here until you do all these things. That's what he's talking about here. But it goes on and it says, these rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. And so he's laying this out. The rules won't set you free. Jesus will. But, but we still need to pursue the freedom. We're just not going to find it in a set of rules. We're going to find it in submission to Christ. And he goes on in chapter 3, verse 1. It says, since you have been raised to new life, say new life. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. So Paul begins to lay it out. If this has taken place in your life, right? If you've, if you've surrendered to the good news, the gospel, the message of Jesus, if you've become a Jesus follower, a Christian, right? If you've done this, then this is what you do next. That's what Paul's saying. This is how you live as a child of the light, a child of the Lord. Now I get this. There's some of you in here that, that you're not there yet. And that's okay. I hope that you get there. My prayer is that God works in you. And I want you to know this, that, that several years ago, I sat in a seat just like you. And, and I listened to somebody. He was bald like me, a um, little bit heavier. You guys may know him. Um, and, and I listened to the message he said. And I'm like, man, that, that's bull crap. I don't, I don't, I don't buy into that. But, but I, want you, I want you to lean in anyways. If you're not there, I want you to lean in. I want you to give it a chance. But he says, since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. 
Think about the things of heaven, not the things of this earth. Again, think about the things of heaven, not the things of this earth. And so we must realize that point number one is this, transformed desires require a shift in focus. He's saying if you've bought into this message, if you're gonna start to shift, you have to shift your focus. Don't, don't think about the things of this world. Now, I'm not saying, you know, ignore your bills and uh, delinquency notices. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, that the center of our lives cannot be the things that are out there. It has to be the things that are up there, right? We have to begin to shift our focus and place them on God if we want our desires to change. I know this. I, I love my wife. I have eyes only for her. But, but if I spent time looking at other women, you know where my heart's going to go? It's going to go somewhere else. We know that to be true, right? And, and if we're being honest, at some point in your life, you probably find yourself looking at things you shouldn't look. And, and you know that desire follows the eyes. And, and so when, when we're talking about faith, the same is true. That, that we have to gaze upon the things of God if, if we want our desires to follow. It's kind of like fake it till you make it. And, and that may sound ridiculous. And you're like, man, that, that's theology. Yeah, in a lot of ways, it is. That, that we put in the work and, and God, man, he shifts our mind. He shifts our heart. That if I'm being honest with you, there's times that I don't want to show up to 6 a.m. prayer. This morning being one of them. There's times that, that I struggle to get up on this platform and, and share the message that God's laid on my heart. I struggle to read my Bible and to be devoted to study. But I do it anyways. And there's seasons where it's incredibly easy, and my heart's there. And there's seasons where I want to do anything but. But as long as I keep my sights set on the realities of heaven, my desires continue to fall in line. And so I don't know where you're at. I don't know where you're at. But if you're struggling in things that are sexual sin, avert your eyes. If you're struggling in substance abuse, avert your eyes. Right, if, if you want to work on your marriage, look at your spouse. If you want to be a better parent, like, you place your eyes on your children. But, but above all, above all, set your sights on the realities of heaven, right? On God's word, on his church. Right? Set your sights on him. Transformed desires require a shift in focus. In verse three and four, he says this, for you died to this life. For you died to this life. And, and I, always, I always read that and I always, think about, I always think about the reality of that. I mean, the way that Paul words that, for you died to this life. What, what interest do dead things have in our world, right? I mean, roadkill is no longer foraging for food, is it? It's just not. And when we talk about our lives, as gruesome as it may be, that if I'm dead to this world, I'm not pursuing things here any longer. That's the picture that he's painting. You died this life. We should have as much interest in the things of this world as a corpse. For you died to this life. And your real life, say real life. Your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And I love that. I, I don't know your story. I know mine. And, and I know for so long, I tried to live in that world. And I pursued things that satisfied my flesh. It was miserable. I was so broken. 
I was so far from God. Anybody who knew me knew I wasn't a happy person. I was angry and I was bitter. I was intoxicated all the time. It was a miserable life. And then when I died to that life, like truly surrendered, even though I thought I had before and I thought I'd done all these things, but when it really clicked, right, when I really got it and I started to lose interest in all of that, I discovered my purpose, right? I discovered, I discovered what he had for me. I discovered my real life. All of that was fake, was false. It was fleeting. But when I died to this life, I discovered my real life hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. I love that. Think about that. Creator God. I mean, if you buy into this, what you're buying into, right? Creator God, opportunity to share in all his glory. It's unfathomable. But not only is he not indifferent to our station and to our place, but he's willing to share anything with us. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Let's look at verse 5 as we continue. He says, so put to death, so put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Um, the men's conference earlier this year, I, I taught out of this, and, and I used this example um, when we put something to death, um, do I have anybody in here that hunts, right? You ever been hunting? A couple of you, right? Um, does the deer go down easy? Does it walk in front of your stand and say, hey, over here, right? Dinner? No, right? It's work, right? You, you got to track, right? You got to, I mean, if you're deer hunting, man, you got to pay attention to the rut, all those things. I mean, it, it's effort. You got to get scent, man. You got to smell like a, you got to smell like a doe, right, Willie? I mean, you got to get it on you. Um, you got to draw it in, right? It, it ain't going down easy. He doesn't want to, especially if you're going for that trophy buck, right? The big one, man, the big one's elusive. And so I think about the sinful earthly things lurking in me. That, that's the trophy buck, right? That's the thing that I really had to deal with. It's not going down easy, right? I had to be intentional about dealing with addiction and, and dealing with the brokenness and the things in my life now, right? If I'm going to put them to death, they're not going without a fight. We seek them out. Hunt, seek, destroy. So put to death earthly things lurking within you. And, and we come into faith and we come into this life and we think that they'll go easy, but that they'll just vanish one day. That, that we raise our hand, that we show up to church a couple times, that we read through one of the gospels and then God's just gonna deal with it. No, it's work on our part, right? Early on, work hard. Work hard, hard work, Right? Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Work hard to put to death the earthly things lurking inside of you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality. I say that because we live in a culture where you can't even watch the freaking Disney Channel without a sex scene, right? I mean, it's one of the biggest things that we deal with in our culture now. And it attacks men, it attacks women. Man, the enemy leverages this to no end. So work hard. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy. Don't be greedy. For a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world because, because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. 
It says, you used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world. So if you're somebody who calls yourself a, a Christian and you're just okay with this type of stuff in your life, maybe you're still a part of the world. I say, I don't, want, I don't want to judge where you're at, but maybe you should do a self-check and a self-evaluation. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world. But now, say now, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. And dirty language. I got to remind myself of that one. Don't lie to each other, for you've stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. But now is the time. If not now, when? What, what are we waiting for? To start dealing with these things in our lives. Uh, why are we complacent with the way that we live? And, and I'm, I'm talking about me, myself, right? I, I read that list and I'm, I'm not, I'm not scot-free on that. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other for you have stripped off your old sinful nature in all its wicked deeds. Then it says, put on, say put on, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Put on your new nature. And so in order to be trans, in order to transform our desires, point number two is this, we must allow the inward change to become the outward reality. Right, this is a put on your new nature. Um, I look out here um, and, and I see this. Everyone's dressed, praise God, right? Um, you put on clothes. And, and that's kind of the picture that's painted there, right? Put on your, your new nature. Again, it goes to that intentionality. I'm, I don't always want to speak the way that I should speak. And if you're close to me and you spend time with me, you know that that's legit a struggle. I, I have a hard time there. But I put on my new nature, right? I'm intentional. I have to be. It doesn't want to go easy, right? I put on my new nature like clothes. I step out of my bed every morning and I have to resolve in my mind and in my heart that I'm going to live today for Jesus. And that's not always easy, that, that I'm going to be the best human being that I can be, right? That I'm gonna be the best husband and the best father and the best coworker. And, and it's not always easy. And just like I put on my pants in the morning, I have to put on that new nature every morning, right? I have to, have to pick up that cross. I've, I've gotta be intentional about it. I gotta walk it out. I have to. Some days I forget. I hate those days. But we put on our new nature to be renewed as you learn, as you learn to know your creator and become like him, and that one part, as you learn, oh, how, how, Pastor Aaron, do we learn to be like Jesus? Your Bible, right? Op open it, read it, spend time in there, right? seek him. As you learn to know your creator and become like him. So we must allow that inward change that's from the good news, right? The, the work that God started in us. We must allow that change to become our outward reality. It goes on, it says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, and, and that's anyone, anyone who chooses Jesus, that's the holy people that God loves. Since, you've, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must, say I must, you must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, Humility, gentleness, and patience. I struggle. I struggle 
in all of those things. I struggle in all of those things, but it's not suggestions. Again, it's, it's a must. It's work hard. Fake it till you make it. But I, that may be the greatest theological insight you ever receive. Like you don't, you don't wait for the desire. Your actions bring about the desire, right? It's, you just, you think, you know, you do. And eventually that's who you wanna be. Like God's working it out in you. If, if I waited to act in humility, I would have never, <laughs> I don't think I ever would have achieved any, any of it. And I suck at it now. <laughs> Tender hearted mercy, it, that doesn't come natural to me, right? I didn't grow up in that neighborhood. I don't know about you, but that, that's dumb. I know today, you know, I had a, had a moment uh, with a coworker and my tone was uncalled for. As much as I hate apologizing, you know what I had to do? Apologize in front of everybody because I'm gonna put on my new nature. I didn't wanna. I wanted to throw a fit like a toddler. I said, God, God, I don't wanna. But put on your new nature. Since you, God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must close your, clothe yourself and tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. This next part, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, here's that word again, clothe, right? Put it on, put it on, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. So again, in order to transform our desires, we must allow the inward change, right? God, God renews our spirit. That's what he makes new inside of us. Allow that inward change to become the outward reality. Put it on, wear it until everything else catches up. And so let's look at verse 15 as we begin to close. In verse 15, it says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule your hearts for as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. At 16, he says, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. I love that. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Right? To, to, to reach every, every crevice, every, every corner, right? Every, every nook and cranny. Let it fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. So lastly, transforming your desires requires that you submerge yourself in a spirit-filled life. If you're only pursuing the things of God for a couple hours a week, you'll never experience this. And you'll be like me who went through life thinking that this was all just a crock and then thinking that there's nothing to Christianity. It's, it's not real. It's not legitimate. It doesn't impact. It doesn't change anything. 
when the reality was I was making no effort, right? And we have to submerse ourselves in it. Hey, it's, it's my primary point of focus and study, not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a child of God, right? It's, it's the thing that I, I focus on, or at least attempt to focus on more than anything, not because I stand on this platform, because I'm a dirty, wretched sinner that made so many mistakes and I encountered a living God who lifted me up out of the darkness and said, I'm gonna move in your life and I'm gonna save you even when you can't save yourselves. That's why, right? It has nothing to do with this. So we have to submerse ourselves in it. Everything, set your sights, not on things of this world, but on the realities of heaven. Submerse yourself in a spirit-filled life. It says, and whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Whatever you do or say, if you can't do it, <laughs> if you can't say it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, right? If it doesn't represent him and his church, that's a good indication you shouldn't be doing it. You shouldn't be saying it. You shouldn't be walking in it. But everything, right, your job, your family, marriage, money, I don't care what it is. We do it and we say it as if we're doing it and saying it to him and for him. We submerse our entire lives in his spirit and his presence. And we set our sights on the reality of heaven. I want to go back. Philippians 2.13 said this, for God is working in you, giving you the desires and the power to do what pleases him. So as we, as we close tonight, I, don't, I want us to do this. I want us right where you're at, bow your head, close your eyes, and, and think about that. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So I don't know where you're at in your life, in your struggle, but God's word is clear that if we seek him, if we're willing to submit to him, right, to humble ourselves before him, he will give us the desire and the power to do what's right. And so I want you to spend a moment right where you're at, and I want you to begin to pray and ask God, whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever it is you struggle with, God, give me the desire and the power to do what pleases you. Father God, we thank you. God, we thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit in our lives and around us. Lord, we thank you for the work that you began in each of us at the moment of our salvation. Lord, we thank you for our, our new spirit and our transformed lives. And Lord, we just come before you this evening and, and we pray, God, each of us, that those areas in our lives that we struggle with, that displease you, Lord, help us to recognize what you've already given us, which is the power to do what pleases you. Lord, help our desire to catch up with the work that's already taken place on the inside. And again, give us the desire 
and the power to do what pleases you. And I thank you, Father, that as we surrender to you, as we submerse our lives in the presence of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that, that you'll continue that work, that you'll move in our minds. God, help us to renew the brokenness of our minds. And Lord, as you do that, that you'll transform our desires. And we just thank you, Lord. We thank you so much for all that you've already done. And Lord, we thank you for what you've yet to do. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. So, you guys are clapping because I'm ending early, right? I know what's going on here. Um, Caleb owes me a cookie, by the way. Um, he said I couldn't do it twice. I did it twice, two weeks in a row. Uh, so what's the application, right? I mean, God's word says don't just be hearers of the words, but do what? Be doers of the word, right? So we need to, we need to act it out. It can't stop here. Right? It's got to go into Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right? Every day of our lives. And so we've got some action steps for you. Number one, some work for you, right? And work hard. Say, I'm going to work hard. And work hard to show the results of your salvation. One, make an inventory of where your time and energy is spent. Where your time and energy is spent, right? That says a lot about us. And if you're pursuing a godly life, if you're professing that with your mouth, and all you do this week is show up to church and show up to recovery. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it, right? So make an inventory where your time and energy is spent because if that's what you're professing with your mouth, those things should line up too. Number two, determine what your primary focus is. Is it work? I'm not saying earning a living's bad. I'm not saying you can't build a career. I'm just saying that God should be a part of every day. God should be revealed in your work, your career, every aspect. So determine what your primary focus is and shift if necessary. Shift the focus, right? Set your sights on the realities of heaven, not of things of this world. And number three, work hard to show the outward results of the inner work of the Holy Spirit. It's not easy. It's not easy hear it all the time. It's hard. I get it. It's hard. Hey, I get it. I get it. But, but we work hard to show the results of what God's done in us. So all of this, everything we've talked about tonight, um, I've said it once, say it every time. It starts with Jesus, with a relationship with him, right? This, you, you have to have him. You have to have him. I mean, we can't save ourselves. And so if you're in here tonight and you've never made him Lord of your life, it, it begins with, with just realizing you can't save yourself, believing that he was the son of God, that he can, and then by making him Lord. And so if you've never done that, here in just a moment, we're gonna have some people down here at the front. They would love to pray with you and for you so you can make the greatest decision. And that's the decision to accept and follow him. Number two, if you're in here and, and you've done that before, you've gotten off track, it happens. It happens, but you're ready to recommit and to come home. My same offer stands here in just a moment. We're going to have some people down here at the front. They would love to pray with you and for you so that you can recommit tonight. And then maybe God's just been dealing with something in your life and saying, that right there, you're holding that from me. And I want, I want that. If that's, if that's you, we've got these white chips down here. It's just a piece of plastic. There's nothing significant about it, but there's something significant about when we act in faith, when we come down front and say, God, I'm gonna allow you to move. 
So if that's you, here in just a moment, I want you to come down front. And then lastly, if you just want to receive prayer, maybe it's a prayer of celebration. (laughs) Maybe it's a cry for help. But you just want somebody to pray with you. We would love to do that. So for any of those things, to give your life to Jesus for the very first time, to recommit, to pick up a white chip, or just to receive prayer, I want to encourage you to come down front and join us. And if everybody would, if you'd stand to your feet as we close in worship.